Hello and welcome back to Little MB. First off, if you're new, don't forget to subscribe to the channel and like the episodes and whatnot and share it if you would. Everybody else, I appreciate all the support so far. And I know this is a few hours late getting dropped from what I've been trying to maintain as a schedule, but I don't know, been busy this week, got to working on uh, my book a little bit, and then it occurred to me, I was like, you know what, actually, uh, I don't think I have posted or created a podcast for this week. This is something I was wanting to do anyway, uh, so it's not me just throwing something out, but... Plus, I was still hoping last minute to get somebody to come on for my 100th episode. I know it's ridiculous. It's not like I'm Joe Rogan or Tim Dillon and I'm on episode 1000. But it still would have been kind of cool and kind of fun. Um, this is, I don't know, something I can't help but thinking about. Because of the shape of our country and things that have been going on. And I've kind of hinted at this before, like with my episode about indoctrination, you know, as far as when you can't get the adults to go along, you target the children. They're a lot easier to manipulate and get on board. This is something Jordan Peterson talked about, probably, I think it was back in 2015, and people were like, what's your issue? You're talking about college students. And he said, yes, but these college students are going to be the ones coming into the companies and corporations and running things. So, you know, um, this thought is extremely terrifying to me as a conspiracy theory. And I'm praying it's just a theory and not a fact. So, yes, I pray that I'm wrong. This is not something I would take delight in a year from now or 10 years from now coming back on here if I'm still doing this and saying, I told you so. I would not take any pleasure in that at all. But it's kind of, it's got to do with children. And... What I think the powers that be have in mind. Now, a lot of people don't understand that in different religions, I'm not targeting these religions. This is something that has taken place in Christianity and Judaism as well. It's not in the Bible, but... Anybody who's listened to my Seeking God with Blind Eyes podcast knows I do believe there is scripture outside of the Bible that is actual scripture. For instance, uh, the book of Joshua. The book of Joshua is not just mentioned by name twice, but quoted twice in the Bible. Bible. Joshua chapter 10 verse 13 and 2 Samuel chapter 1 verse 18. And the second one is King David himself quoting and referencing the book of Joshua. And to be clear, he's mentioning the book of Joshua by name. 
in both situations, it says something along the lines of, or so it says in the book of Joshua, or uh, doesn't it say in the book of Joshua? This is, you know, so it's not like this is a quote that just happens to appear in the book of Joshua, and somebody says, well, it's the same, the book of Joshua must be legit. It's mentioned by name. But in the book of Joshua, for those who are unaware of any kind of biblical history, and I'm not going to spend a lot of time on this, but Abraham is essentially the father of the Hebrew nation. And he's also who Islam um, traces their roots back to through his son Ishmael, that was Isaac's brother. Um, so Isaac according to the book of Joshua, was 40 years old when his father sent a servant out to find Isaac a bride of his own people. Because that was a big rule in the beginning. Do not take brides from other nations, other cultures. God understood the influence women can have. And if you do not think that that is true, think about all the men who have changed their religion to marry a woman. And yes, women have done the same. But either way, Abraham sends his servant out and he comes back with a girl named Rebecca. And it says that Isaac was pleased with her. She was happy to come. She wasn't forced into the situation. I want to say his name was Eleazar, was the servant's name. But either way, he gets permission from Rebecca's father. And the question's put to her. And she says, yes, I will do this. I will go be his wife. And as the story goes in Joshua, she is brought to him. And he is pleased with her, so he takes her in his tent and makes her his wife. Took her in and had sex with her. According to the book of Joshua, it's not in the Bible, but according to Joshua, Rebecca was 10 years old. And Isaac was 40. One thing that still goes on in the Muslim world today part of their faith is a woman is old enough to get married once she starts her menstrual cycle. Obviously, a lot of people would have an issue with such a thing because of the age of the children. But you got to keep in mind as well, in this country itself, even into the 1900s, it was not unheard of. For a 13, 14, 15-year-old girl to be married off to somebody. Not uncommon at, all, uncommon at all. Things were much different in the sense of lifestyle. And you could say, well, obviously, you know, they're screwing kids. That's not what I mean. Kids didn't have much of a childhood until the recent 50 to 100 years. Most places were extremely rural 
My grandfather on my dad's side was born in 1904. He grew up plowing a field with a horse and a plow. And he was kind of an exception. Granted, he was still nine years older than my grandmother. However, they were, they were, he was, he was older when he got married. I believe he was 32 when him and my grandmother got married, which made her 23. But however, in rural communities, from the way my grandfather explained it to my dad and uncles was this. If you had a son, he could earn you $1,000 a year by the labor he would produce on your farm. A daughter would cost you $1,000 because she wasn't able to go out and plow and do all these other things. And you could say, well, women could do it too. And I'm sure there's women who did do it. Just saying, typically, back then especially, there were certain things that were not customary for women to do. Plowing a field was one of them, unless she had no choice. So, it was looked at much different. And you got to understand if that's the concept somebody has, that their daughter is costing them $1,000 they are going to be much more likely to marry them off at a younger age. So that financial burden, if you want to put it that way, falls upon the husband and not the mother and father. That's one thing. The other thing is, like I said, they didn't have a childhood. They weren't sitting around playing video games. It's not that no kids ever got to play. But they had to work. And I'm not talking chores. I'm talking work. You know, there was much more responsibility put on the youth at a much earlier age. Much more. Because there was no choice. It wasn't an option between work or play. It just wasn't an option. Technology in its advances is what allowed people to get much, much more work done on their own. All of a sudden, a man could plow more than 40 acres in a day. Now, all of a sudden, a man could get on a tractor and plow hundreds of acres in a day. You see what I'm saying? So he wasn't as reliant upon his children to assist him with the labor. So children naturally over time started to have more free time. You can say, well, that's nice. I'm glad this happened. Keep in mind, civilization has went on for thousands of years under that way of living, under that philosophy of having your children work. You know? So... As children, we're not required to work. And take in mind as well. During the Depression in the 1930s, so many people lost their land, especially during the Dust Bowl. And with the technology on top of it, people had to move to cities for jobs, to work in factories. And it made sense because now you didn't need 10 farmers working 160 acres each. 
You could have one man working that 1,600 acres by himself with a tractor and a plow. And then combines come into play. Other technology is fertilizer, um, herbicides for weeds so you're not out hoeing corn, hoeing beans. Just the advances in technology is what's given us, given our children the lives they are afforded today. Plain and simple. But at one point in time in our recent history, because when you think about the lifespan of humans on this planet, the past 50 to 100 years is not much time at all. This is a pretty new way of life. Even in the cities back in the day, kids worked. They worked. Kids worked in factories. Kids worked in their parents' store with whatever business they had. It's, it was not uncommon for kids to work and be, and be adults. They were thrown into adulthood much earlier. There was none of this, once you're 18, you're going to start working. For, it was like, hey, you're 12. You're, you're a strong, strong lad. Get to the shoe factory. You know, so, and that's not me defending child abuse. Dear God, please do not take it that way. It's me trying to explain historically the way things worked, the way things worked biblically. Because even now in the Muslim faith and Islam, I'm sure there are civilized nations that no longer are as openly accepting to the practice, but in a lot of countries, in they're more of third world nations, I understand, but it still is common practice in a lot of these Muslim nations to allow, to marry their daughters off at a very young age. Once they start their menstrual cycle, they're considered a woman. Think about the Hebrew faith. Boys have their bar mitzvah. They become a man at the age of 13. That's the celebration that brings them into manhood. Most 13-year-olds have, at minimum, started puberty by then. They're considered a man. You know? So, you just need to understand that that's the way things have been for a long time. This is a new society we have. Now, I think there is, in, you can have depravity with adults. You don't need to abuse children for depravity. Men and women both can be sexually assaulted. They can be raped. It's a fact of life that occurs. That's depravity on adults. You know, it's as horrendous as that is. It just always, and for me, I say it is worse than children. Because you think of children being these innocent creatures. You know, so it's, it's, mess, it's messed up. 
But if you think I'm off base, think about the way things have been going over the past few years, the things that have come to public knowledge. Now, Alex Jones, you know, Rogan's notorious for bringing this up, that Alex Jones over 10 years ago told him about Epstein and Epstein's Island, where rich elite go to have sex with minors. Turns out it was true. So you have Epstein Island. And then him in, what's her name, Galena Maxwell? They get arrested. Now Epstein gets murdered in his cell. They call it suicide. But a coroner that had his own TV show and everything that has done the autopsy for many famous people, he does the autopsy for Epstein and discovers that his neck was broken in the form of strangulation, not by hanging. Different bones in your neck will break if you hang yourself as opposed to somebody strangling you. When you couple that with him being supposedly on suicide watch and nobody's around. There's one guard that was supposedly asleep and then the cameras miraculously quit working during the time that he's killed, that he dies. It's pretty obvious he was murdered, but he had a list. He had a list of people. People know Clinton had made what was it, 26, 27 trips to his island? As you walked into the foyer of his big house on the island, he uh, Epstein had a painting of Clinton in a dress, Bill Clinton. And obviously, it's a painting. It's not a photograph. You could have somebody just paint it. But I still think it's kind of suggestive at minimum. However... Once again, Epstein has a list, and so does Ghislaine. She has the list. Epstein dies. Galena goes to trial. She gets convicted. Absolutely no list has been provided to the public since all of this. The news media does not discuss the list. And mainstream media has proven itself to be nothing but a mouthpiece for the government. It has proven itself to be that. During the pandemic, it, it made it obvious that's what, what they were. The fact that they won't even mention this list tells you something. So you have this list of rich people, you're led to believe it contains the elite from all over the world, and some of these people that are supposed to be included in this list are even politicians in this country. So it's not like Bill Clinton was going there alone. You know, was George W. Bush going there? Was Obama going there? I think if Trump was on the list, that would have been known by now. So I think that that's pretty clear. But Bill Gates, 
Bill Gates, his own wife. And, you know, it's kind of funny with this Epstein stuff coming out. And then Bill Gates' wife out of nowhere divorcing him. And, like, he tries to say, oh, I had dinner with the guy. And his own wife's like, uh-uh, it was more than that. You know, it kind of seems to me like that could be, could be, I'm not saying it is, it could be a viable reason for her getting divorced, finding this out. Maybe she didn't know ahead of time, and then all of a sudden she's like, wait a minute, you're on that list, you sick SOB. You know, so think about, all of the rich and elite on this list. Lawrence Krauss, the big man that says anybody that believes in God is an idiot. I heard him state such a thing on Rogan's podcast. He, for those who do not know, he is one of the most brilliant minds, scientists working at the Hydron Collider. It's certain. Um, It is rumored he is on the list. Once again, rumored. Be clear about that. You know, nobody knows because nobody's producing the list, but there's still going to be leaks. There's still going to be leaks. So where am I heading with this? I've already explained the history about children you know, in their role in society. We've talked about Epstein's Island and what was going on there with the rich and the elite. And we've discussed the fact they will not release the list. Of course, if you ask a politician directly with cameras, they're going to sit there and tell you, we cannot discuss an active investigation. Now, that's funny because... Everybody's discussing Trump's supposed indictments and all this crap. You know, it's active. But anyways, and I'm not standing up for Trump. I'm using it as an example. When they want somebody, they go after them and they don't care how they get them. Plain and simple. You know, so that's, I'm not standing up for Trump. It's just an example. Um, but I'll go ahead and give you this statistic now. Now, I came across wildly different numbers. Anywhere from 460,000 to 840,000 kids go missing in this country every year. Both claim their source is the FBI. Obviously, is an average. It can't be that drastic, you know, of a difference. So, let's just play it safe. Call it 500,000. Even if it, if I went with the 460, I'd still say let's pretend it's 500,000 just because it's the easy number to work with. Now, that's a lot of children that go missing. However, if you continue to read what it says in this article, it says that 97.8% of children are found soon after they go missing. The majority of Missing children appear to be um, runaways, and the most happens to be by parents who do not have custody of their children. These are the overwhelming majority of abductions, but 97.8%. Now, if you do the math on that, it's 489 
8,000 children are found. I thought it was interesting. It did not say how many of these found children are found dead, but they're, you know, so we'll leave that out because we don't know. So we'll pretend that every kid gets to live. Well, 489,000 out of 500,000, that leaves 11,000 children every year, on average, every year, who are not abducted by a parent and who are not running away on their own. Out of these 11,000, even if you say 1% of those 11,000 every year are used in the sex trade for places like Epstein's Island. I personally do not believe that's even close to being the only place that kind of thing occurred. I think he did something to piss somebody off and he, so they busted him. But even if you say 1%, that is 110 children. I mean, also, it's easy math, 11,000. 10% of 11,000 is 1,100. So 10% of that is 110. So that's 1% of the 11,000 other children. So this is, you know, I think that's a pretty conservative estimate for children that are going to be used in the sex trade out of the 11,000 that are not running away on their own or being abducted, you know. And the, these are children that are not found. Keep that in mind. This 11,000 are kids that are not found. So out of those 11,000, I think it's extremely conservative to say only 110 of them are being used in the sex trade. And that's just in the United States alone. And that would be an average of every year. You can argue with my assumption that it's 1%. Go for it. I don't care. You know, it's, it's still... It's still happening, you know. Um, so you got Epstein's Island. You got a list they will not share of the rich elite politicians, world leaders, all this stuff that have supposedly visited his island. You have these missing children, 11,000 a year that are not found just out of the United States. Think about worldwide. There's a lot of nations, think about African nations, South American nations, Mexico. There's a lot of nations that do not have the resources to track down. They don't have the resources or ability to track down these children and find them. I'd, I'd just hate to guess how many kids go missing worldwide. I guess I could have looked it up, but, you know... It's, it's easier to deal with the numbers that I've already provided that I've found for the United States. So now let's move back to what I talked about when it came to indoctrination. During the pandemic, and it, I think it started before, but nobody had anything else to do during the pandemic. So it just came to the forefront as far as transgender people. And I'm not saying transgender people do not exist. I'm sure they do. I'd be surprised if they didn't. I do not think it's at the level they say, 
because I'd be willing to bet almost anything that over 90% of the kids coming out and saying they're trans are the same kids that were in the unpopular group. And now all of a sudden they're in a group where nobody's allowed to say boo to them. And they're the cool kid for it. They're the brave one. You know, that'd be pretty attractive as a child. If you're all alone, have no friends, you know. And by God, my I'm not going to let my friend sit there and say he's trans and get all the attention and love and me not be trans, you know. But during this movement, you have situations in which in the UK, I believe it was London itself, where they had a man dress up in a rainbow-colored dildo and went to a library to talk to five-year-old children. This is a news story. You can look it up. You have drag shows where they're involving children. I don't think it's wrong because they're men dressed like women. I think it is wrong because it is children and it is sexually exploiting children. And we're talking about toddlers. We have story time with drag queens where men dress up like women and go read to children. Are you detecting the pattern with children? And for the record, I think a strip show, a heterosexual strip show, involving toddlers or any children, is just as inappropriate. Just for the record. It's just so retarded that I even have to say that kind of shit because people will, well, you didn't say that. Whatever. Anyhow, they have books describing to children how to give blowjobs. I was uncomfortable when I was 10 years old, and I was in Peoria, Illinois, going to school at the time at Lindbergh, 10 years old, fifth grade. They separated the boys and the girls. Women nurses from a hospital came in and talked to the girls about sex. Men came in, male nurses came in and talked to the boys about sex and explained what it was and how you did it. And I felt uncomfortable. What made me even more uncomfortable was the fact that, of course, you're going to have that smartass raise his hand and ask, how old do you have to be to have sex? And in, in his brilliance, the nurse running the show said, as soon as you know how to do it, you can do it. Then, of course, you have every other smartass turning around high-fiving each other like they're getting laid that night, you know? Go home and watch the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles after school and then get laid, I guess. I don't know. I, I, you know, at 10 years old, I was like, what? You know, don't get me wrong. That was the age I was when I started to get a little peach fuzz. You know, I was shaving by the time I was 12. I didn't need to every day, but I still needed to shave. And that's when I started to enjoy myself, I guess you'd say. I probably could have when I was 11. I think I could. I think I started late when I was 11, before I turned 12. Either way, you don't need to hear. I'm sure you don't really care about my masturbation habits. Either way, it was still 
I don't know, at that age, it's not that you don't think about it, especially if you're a guy. I think girls thought about it just as much, but guys, I mean, if a wind blew, if the wind blew, you, you got hard. I mean, it's just the way it was. You couldn't help it. You know, your body's all of a sudden experiencing this testosterone that you've never experienced before. And, you know, it's just the way it is. But they're going in and teaching little kids about blowjobs and how to perform them. What is the purpose of this? You know, there'd still be an uproar if kids were 13 or 14 and they were saying, okay, this is how you perform head. This is how you have anal sex. This is how lesbians have sex. This is how homosexuals have sex. It's pretty self-explanatory for one thing. I understand the argument that there's some importance behind sex education because if kids don't understand that having sex will produce a child, you know, you can end up with more pregnancies than you would otherwise. But what's the point of starting on kids so young about sex? Because what's it going to do? It's going to normalize it for them. What makes it even worse to tie the two together is there are states who are allowing young children. I've heard of cases as young as four years old being allowed to determine that they are not a boy. They are a girl. And so they are given hormone blockers and all kinds of stuff to prevent them from hitting puberty. And when you look at, for one, the suicide rate, the lowest number I heard for the suicide rate amongst trans who actually, and this is transgenders, or transsexual, sorry, there's a difference. Transsexual is somebody who actually goes through with the penis removal. Um, these people, the lowest number I've heard is 47% amongst the people who have actually got gotten the surgery. There's too many variables to say, well, it's because of this or because of that. You know, I'm not trying to be rude, but the first thing that pops to mind is how mentally stable was this person to begin with to want to cut off what the majority of men on the planet consider to be the favorite part of their anatomy. You know, talking to my homosexual uncle not too long after this stuff started, and I said, you know, is that something you'd even, consider? I was like, I didn't even think about it. He's like, hell no, I like playing with it too much. You know, it's like, all right, fair enough. You know, and the problem is, is these kids just going through, and it doesn't even have to be through the surgery, just the hormonal aspect of it will eliminate their ability to produce children. And I know there's those hard 
hardcore right-wingers out there who's like, good, they shouldn't be breeding. Well, you know what? You can fuck off, man. You know? Not everybody can be as perfect as you. A lot of people get confused about a lot of things. My issue with it is it's become the cool thing to do. Not that it exists. And my issue with it is they're allowing children to make this decision. You have to be 18 years old to legally decide if you want to try tobacco. 21 to drink alcohol. And yet we have children, four, five, six, seven years old, deciding, I want to be a boy or I want to be a girl. I mean, you don't see anything wrong with that, really. And I better see where I'm at. I've been running my mouth quite a quite a while, and I don't want to. Okay, I'm good to go. Issue is the longest you can go without starting a new recording and splicing it together is one hour, and it just kind of shuts off in an hour. So, um, so it's. Hopefully you can understand why I have an issue with allowing children to make this decision. And most people, most, not all, that's why there are transgender folks out there. But most homosexuals have stated they thought they were trans when they were younger. And as they developed and got older and became adults, they realized they were just gay, plain and simple. This isn't going to be an option if you get your penis cut off. You know, I imagine there's a... I don't even know how the surgery would work for a woman. Adding something on. But either way, so you're teaching all this stuff to kids. I mean, you got, like I said before, you got Epstein's Island with the rich and the elite, the politicians. And nothing's happening with that list. Nothing. It's, it's just gone away. And at the same time, you have these movements going on, and they're not one and the same, but they're tied together. The teaching young five-year-olds about sex and the transgender thing. Are they trying to normalize it? This is my conspiracy, and I hope it stays theory instead of becoming fact. Are they trying to normalize it? To where it's no big deal. Are they trying to make it to where, well, you know, in all honesty, if a kid can decide that they're trans, don't they have the mental capacity to decide if, at the age of five, if they want to suck my penis? It seems like that's where this is headed long term and I don't know what long term is whether it's two years from now 10 or what but it seems like that's where this is heading and I find it extremely disturbing 
because this isn't part of some religious culture where it has to do, and I'm not saying I agree with it then, just because it's tied to Islam or Judaism or Christianity, whatever, Mormonism, whatever. I, I don't care. I'm not saying that I necessarily agree with it in those situations, but it's at least more understandable in a third world nation where life expectancy isn't as high for children, the survival rate at birth and all this other stuff. You know, it's at least more understandable that women are married off at a young age. Girls are married off at a young age. That's a lot different than our free sex society where people think it's okay just to go around putting their dick where they want or allowing whatever dick they come across to go in them. Quite a bit of a difference. You know, once again, I'm not agreeing with it in the religious community. You know, it's... Obviously, they have other laws as far as adultery and fornication as well. They have other laws for that, you know, that makes it unacceptable. So it's not like, in theory, in theory, it's not like men are just going around screwing kids. You know, they're given a wife and that's a wife. But it's... Is it only me? I would love feedback on this, you know? I would love feedback on this, because am I just crazy thinking that's what they're pushing for? Because it isn't just any one thing. It isn't any one thing that makes me think this. It's the combination of it all. And the way it's being handled. That's that's what makes me think this is what they're trying to head for. To normalize having sex with children. It's no different than them trying to say pedophile is a horrible word to describe people. And it's I, I can't remember what word they said it should be. I mean, to me, it's just as ridiculous as all this other crap they come up with. You know, they change terminology for everything. You know, like, what mentally challenged is what it used to be. I don't even know what they use anymore for mentally retarded. You know, but there's obviously a difference between telling your buddy, oh, dude, you are so retarded, you know? Like I had a friend at some drinking party decided he could jump off of his friend's shoulders and over the bonfire. Needless to say, when he squatted down and pushed off, the guy just flew backwards from the force of the leg drive and he just fell straight into the fire. <laughs> Needless to say, he ended up with a couple burns. You know, what do you say to that? You say, dude, you are so freaking retarded. You know, what else can you say? You know? But, and it's not 
like literal, obviously, and that's a lot different than finding somebody who is mentally retarded, such as my sister. I mean, you call her a retard, I'm going to beat the shit out of you or go down trying, you know. And yes, I've been in many fights over that. And yes, I've called my friends retarded at times. They've called me retarded when I did something stupid when we were drinking or whatever when we were younger. You know, it's... But, you know, they have to change the terminology. They have to have a reason to be mad about stuff. But either way, that's getting a little bit off topic. But it's, you know, pedophile is too harsh of a word. It's too judgmental. Because it implies something about the person you're referring to. Yes, it implies they like to fuck kids. That's what it implies. You know, it's plain and simple. You changing the terminology and call them lover of children, well, guess what? What are lover of children? People that like to fuck kids. It's the same thing. You know, what's old saying? You can roll a turd in powdered sugar and call it a donut, but it still doesn't change what you're biting into. You know, I just, it really feels like that's what they are pushing toward. I'm sure you can tell I'm upset by going 40 minutes and it's my third cigarette. It just bothers me that much. And this this is like an argument I've gotten into with a friend of mine. And it's been a few years, but since I've talked to him or whatever, but a friend of mine and I, he, he has to argue about everything. You know, you, you tell him the sky's blue, he's going to sit and argue for an hour why you're wrong. But it's arguing over state rights. For one, we already had a war over state rights. The Union won. The Confederate States lost. Get over it. For one. But the argument came with the legalization of marijuana which I think it should be legalized, but I think it should be done federally. According to our Constitution, it is illegal for a state to legalize something declared illegal by the federal government. And so that, you know, we tended to go to extremes to prove each other wrong. Use extreme examples to prove each other wrong. Because his argument is, if the people, if that's what the people in the state want, they should be able to legalize it. It's like, okay, by that rationale, if every pedophile in this country decided that they wanted to move, move to the smallest state as far as population in this country, Rhode Island, Vermont, I, I don't know which one it is, but just flood it. It's kind of, I don't remember the name of the city or town, there was a town where libertarians did that. They all moved to it, voted themselves into office once they were able to vote, live there long enough to vote, and decided to implement their way of life, which is zero regulations. And the town went to shit because of it. You know, you'd be having the same thing statewide in the state if every ass moved to that state and decided, let's vote the legalization of pedophilia. 
Let's make it legal. You know, according to my friend, they'd have the right to do that and the ability to do that. And because, you know, obviously he's, he's going to say, I did, you know, that's quite a bit different. And I said, okay, but for one, where do you draw the line? And two, who gets to draw it on what states are allowed to follow and ignore? You know, long run, you can maybe see why they haven't punished these states, federally speaking, who have legalized marijuana. Maybe it's to help set the precedent that, A, states can do this. And I know some of this sounds extreme, but just think about all of it put together. Obviously, nobody's, no pedo pederastas have moved to one state and tried to do this. But they are teaching sex to kids. They are allowing kids to make adult decisions. They are trying to normalize pedophilia with changing the name of it because it's too judgmental. There's a reason for it. So if it's not so they can normalize sex with children, what's it for? Like, and I'd be more than willing to have anybody on here that would like to debate me on that. Or discuss, not even debate necessarily. I'm sure there'd be parts of the discussion where it'd turn into one. You know, and I don't have a problem with that as long as it stays as friendly as it should. You know, what I mean is not going to, dude, you're such a dumbass, you know, whatever. But, you know, I'd be willing to even have you on to talk about it. You know, let you give your side to it. You know, and I'm not saying that anybody that listens to this is like, well, they should legalize it. But I'm saying as far as, like, why you think I'm wrong in this. You know, conspiracy theory type of thing. And once again, I pray, I pray to God I'm wrong. I just got a bad feeling I'm not. That's all. So, I don't really know what else I can say without being repetitive on it. So, you know, other than that. You know, like I said before, subscribe, like, share the episodes. Um, any questions, you know, or if you want to come on the podcast, hit me up. It's littlemb6580 at gmail.com. So, I'm actually hoping to hear from somebody on this or anything else, really, that I've done. But, anyhow, until next time. Y'all take care.